Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast brought to you by our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Remember, schedule a spring heating and air tune-up with Blue Water Climate Control between now and the spring game. That's on April the 24th, and your name will be entered into a drawing to win two Vol season tickets. That's two tickets to all eight Tennessee home football games. Refer a friend and increase your chances to win. The drawing will be held on April the 26th. Call 865-299-2290 or go to bluewaterclimatecontrol.com to schedule your appointment today and to get registered again for two season tickets to Josh Heupel's first year as the leader of the Tennessee Vols. That's all brought to you by our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us on this Thursday. Tennessee starts as NCAA tournament play on Friday. We'll have full coverage of that from Indianapolis. And um, maybe the Tennessee football team will start spring practice next week. That will <laughs> be determined um, as a result of Tennessee being shut down uh, due to some virus issues going on. That's not dealing with players, Austin. That's dealing more with staff members and support staff members. Tennessee will test daily between now and uh, Saturday, kind of see where they are and assess things from there. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to the practice field on Tuesday afternoon to start their first of 15 spring practices. If they can't start on time, that will not affect the orange and white date. I know some people have asked that. That's set. Yeah, you can easily make that stuff up. You can move those dates around. So there's no issue with that there. So that's a quick update on a couple of things going on. Uh, Rob John Fulkerson, still day-to-day. That one still seems doubtful, right? I mean, I, I mean, I hate to use the word doubtful when Tennessee's not come out and said one way or another, but it just – I mean – I would have to say I'm skeptical, at least, you know, for, for Friday's game. I mean, and I think there's a little bit, you know, I, I wouldn't discount the one of the elements of Tennessee continuing to say day-to-day is, you know, gives Oregon State one more thing to prepare for instead of just, you know, preparing to play against a small ball lineup if the possibility is out there that he's going to play. But, um, you know, Rick Barnes met with the media again on Wednesday – and his, you know, his stance hadn't changed since he talked on, sun, um, on on ball calls or or at, you know after the SEC tournament. Yeah, the stance has clearly been day to day, and that's kind of the where where Rick Barnes has left it every time he's met with the media um, or, or spoken to the public in whatever way, shape, or form. All right, let's jump into the questions here. We'll start first with Bruce Vall. And uh, Austin, he wants to know what under the radar in-state prospect you think Tennessee can sign and would make an impact in the SEC. Probably not going to be under the radar if, if he's known now by the time you get to December. But but give me a guy that's not been talked about in this 22 class over the course of you know the last five or six months when there's been so much talk about this class. I'm going to tell you right now, Jackson Long at Beach. I mentioned him a week or two ago. I'm going to continue to belabor that point. And, and I think Tennessee needs to get in the, you know, in the mix sooner rather than later. He doesn't have a lot right now, but I'm telling you that kid's going to blow up, especially if they have camps this summer, which is looking more and more like that's a real possibility. Um, kids freaky athletic. His dad played offensive line for the Titans, played offensive line from Florida, at Florida State, originally from the Carolinas. Um, big bodied kid. He plays in an offensive beach that throws it about three times a game. They run the wing tee. So he don't get a ton of opportunities, but he's a freaky good athlete at, at his size. Um, you know, on the basketball court, can easily you know tomahawk one or you know, throw up a reverse jam. And uh, I think Tennessee again 
a lot easier to race from the pole position hubs. And right now, Tennessee, if they got in, it would race from the pole position. If you're not first, you're last. We'll keep that Ricky Bobby theme going. Um, that's a kid that I think that nobody's talking about that I think people will be talking about two or three months from now. And over, over, if you had under, if you had the under five minutes for an AP drop the first movie reference, you can go, go to the go to the, the cage and cash your ticket right now. I'm just I'm just impressed it was not a Disney movie reference because I don't shake and bake, Rob, shake and bake. I don't think Ricky Bobby's there. All right, what are you projecting him at position wise? I think he's a tight end, but he could also grow into an offensive lineman. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking size. And again, this kid is a really good athlete. If you had a chance to watch him play basketball, you know showed out really well at the pylon seven on seven um, down in Atlanta this past weekend. And again, a kid that when he camps and if he's able to camp, will impress. All right, let's move on here to the next question. Do you like where the Vols are with Tavon Jackson now that Florida has its quarterback or is it still too early to say in his recruitment that he's got, that there's momentum there or that you have a feel for his recruitment? Second question of that, over under 10 in-state players in this class? Yes, I know it's a way too early question, but hey, speculate a little bit here. Um, I think Tennessee is in a good as position as they can be with Taven, but he ain't doing anything anytime soon. And so, you he's know. He's got to see some places, right? I mean, he's yeah, made correct. To you, yeah, right? he, he leaves Saturday heading for spring break uh, out in Arizona. We'll leave Saturday night uh, on a night flight to Arizona. So, you know, he's not to go see Arizona, just to, for spring break. Um, and so, um, you know, that's kind of where they are with him. As far as in-state recruits, oh, man, that's, you know, that 10 number, you know, I, I could see Tennessee getting to 10, but I think, you know, you're going to be taking, you know, you talk about the Wade twins, you talk about Fisher Anderson, that's three. You, you go down to Giovanni Davis at South Pittsburgh, that's four. You know, Anthony Brown at Milan would be five. Now can you find five more? Like, you know, I think Diarco Perkins is one, um, you know, can Tennessee get in the mix for Dallin Hayden? You know, right now I, I still think Tennessee would be running kind of two-ish or three-ish behind Notre Dame and Ohio State, depending on maybe Tennessee's equal with Notre Dame. Um, you know, I, Horton and James, I think you might lose them on the front end. You might get them back on the back end if you win some games this fall. You know, I, I, here's the other one that I think Tennessee needs to really look at in state and, and I'm putting my GM hat on here a little bit. I think they need to take Elijah Herring from Riverdale. He's a good athlete. He's not, you know, I think his, his best football is ahead of him. Um, I don't think he's really ever been polished. I think he's extremely raw and his brother, I think is a top 50 top player nationally in 2023 and them two kids are going to play together. So I think you think ahead, like right now, like so many people are talking about the 22s. I think, you don't you don't discard the 22s. You still do what you you know how to do. But I think you've got to look a little bit ahead to 23, and and I, and I know that's that we're sitting here in March and I'm talking about looking ahead to 20 the class of 23. But I think you have to you know project and think about what's going to happen. And right now, I think if you're looking at 22, you take a guy like Elijah Herring to make sure you're in a really good spot to get Caleb Herring in 2023. And I think 23 is probably better than I initially thought it was going to be in terms of numbers in state. I'm not saying it's going to be as uh, sexy as 22 is because, uh, you know, you got a top flight quarterback in 22. you got a defensive lineman who's top 10 player in the country. So I get that. But I think the numbers in 23, there's not a big drop-off in total numbers from 22 to 23. Um, 
which is, you know, credit to the state of Tennessee, but it doesn't feel like there's a huge drop off there. We'll see how that shakes out moving forward. Uh, next question here. Omar Payne used a spinning elbow on John Fulkerson that broke his face and gave him a concussion. Hurt our chances of playing for an SEC tournament championship or making a run in the NCAA tournament, possibly ending John Fulkerson's last season at Tennessee early. How can that go unpunished by Greg Sankey? Why is Danny White not making any more noise about it? Is he being quiet because his brother's the coach at Florida? Would Sankey's reaction be different if it was an Alabama player? I mean, I'll start off with Danny White. I mean, I, I just don't think you help yourself if you're Tennessee. I mean, it's not – what. how does it impact your season if Omar Payne is suspended? I mean, I, I, I know fans – but I'm, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be. I'm saying I don't think – at Tennessee, if, if you go heavy PR in that direction, I, I just don't think that is, is a good look for you. However, to be sitting here, what, five days after it happened, Greg Sankey, not say anything about it, I, I mean, I'm – I'm, I'm baffled. I mean, I, I think it's a horrible look for the SEC when, you know, they're, they're suspending kids for halves of games, you know, in football that are wearing all kinds of protective gear. And Fulgerson is, you know, defenseless and, and just gets assaulted. And I mean, I keep coming back to it. If, if, if Omar Payne had done that, somebody done that to somebody on the sidewalk in front of Bridgestone arena, he'd be in jail right now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled that, that Sankey has not made a statement and issued some discipline. Yeah, I mean, not again, I said this on the, the Tuesday podcast, that the, the, the bigger thing, that, or one of the bigger surprises to me is, I mean, Sankey was courtside. He was in the building when it happened. So it's, it's not like he had to get taped to review. I mean, he, he saw it. I mean, he could have walked in the locker room and checked on Fulkerson if he wanted to. He could have, he could have done easily whatever he wanted to do at that point, and he didn't do it. I, I wonder this. Rob and Austin, if this had happened within the confines of the SEC regular season, is Sankey more apt to do something because it's quote within his league as opposed to doing something with the national tournament? I, I can't answer. I mean, I can't answer that. Nobody should, can. I just wonder. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it should matter either. But I just wonder that. Uh, if that were, you know, if that were the case or not the case, I'm with I mean, you. I'm I hope not. I'm just surprised he hasn't done anything to this point, particularly. When I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Mike White should have been the one to do something. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that's where you were Tuesday, right, Austin? Yeah. When we talked about it. You, you talked about it. it's a bad. It was a bad. It's a as bad of a look for Mike White as it is Greg Sankey, right? You, you had a chance to set the tone with your program, with your team, on a kid that plays a handful of minutes a game and then comes off the bench. It's not like he was going to be taking Trey Man out. Yep, you're exactly right. All right, on to the next one here. Any updates in regards to Aaron Willis and Martavius French situation? Uh, I don't have anything new other than they remain suspended from team activities at this point. Um, I, I don't think there's any final resolution there. I, I, don't, I don't anticipate those guys being dismissed from the program or, or anything like that, um, including Isaac Washington in that. Uh, but I don't know what the final resolution is. I don't think there is a final resolution right now. Again, coaches aren't in the office right now because things have been shut down, but I don't, I don't think there's anything anything new. And we'll see what Heupel has to say about it when he visits with the media on Tuesday, assuming Tennessee gets off to, um, you know, gets off to their, their normal scheduled start at, at this point. All right, next question. All of you know a lot about Tennessee and the ways of thinking there in saying this, what is your favorite tradition at UT? Running through the T, man. 
How can it be anything else? AP? I don't know. I, I, you're a vol walk guy? You're a checkerboard end zone guy? You're a vol navy guy? What do you got? Having, having been in the middle of the tee when the team runs out and having been in the middle of the vol walk, I, I kind of do like the vol walk. You know, I think the fans are more – they get a closer look at things on the vol walk than they do running through the tee. Here's my thing with running through the tee. I think running through the tee is awesome. Here's what I would like to see because I think it would build a little more juice in the stadium. When the teams march together, leave that thing closed for a course. Leave that thing closed for about 30 seconds. Let everybody get revved up a little bit before you, you open it up. And let, let a little, as John Ward said, let the crescendo build um, a little bit more than it does instead of getting within two feet of each other. And I mean, they're socially distanced when they open the tee, you know? Get that thing <laughs> together and hold it together for a little bit. It's always been a pet peeve of mine. How many times have I told you that one, Austin? I, I'm just hoping they're out there to run through the tee this fall because <laughs> last year it sucked. Yeah, it was not a lot. It yeah, we're not. just It's like running back from halftime. <laughs> it's like running out for a scrimmage is what it was like, you know. Uh, it sounds like that's, gonna, that's the direction things are going. Everybody's anticipating this thing opening back up, including summer camps, and then um, heading into a, a fall season where there's a – you know, a, a full slate of fans did or the nearly, band, did the band kids get an extra year of eligibility. That's, that's a great point right there. I, and not, the, maybe the most important question. question for, for Hubbard is will the ice cream freezer be back in the press box in 2021? I don't know. It might be bring your own Brown. It might be Brown bag from now on out. You know, they could give us some NCAA tournament popcorn and, and the little small, the little small cups, um, Rob and, and call her done there. Um, I miss the creamsicle, you know. You got to have two or three of those in a game without any question about that. Um, all right, on to the next one. What position battles are you watching on the O-line this spring? Is there – is, is there? I mean, what's the center position? I mean, we've all assumed Cooper, right? Is that Cooper Mays and Cooper Mays only? Or the Spragans get a look there, AP? What, what are you looking I like at the center? I will be a guard. All right. You know, uh, I do think Cooper's got a real shot to be the center. Um, you know, I, I – I'm interested to see where they play Cade. You know, uh, I think Cade's likely end up going to a tackle, but I, you know, I don't That's know. By what default, they're... right? I mean, who else is? Who are the other tackles? Who else is going to win a job there? Well, you got K. Ron, and you got Darnell, Darnell. and then you got uh, K- then you got uh, Cade, right? Correct. But then, like, if you just kind of look at, like, to me, the what you would consider the top six. If you go Cooper at center, and you go K. Ron and and Darnell at tackle, then you've got a, a triumvirate of guards. Cade would be one, Spragans, and then Jerome Carvin. I know that this staff likes Jerome Carvin a lot. So I think he's a guy that I think will ascend under this new staff. If he wants to stay healthy. He flirted with going to Indiana back, you know, after the season and never left. So, I, you know, I think he should get plenty of run with the ones this spring to make sure he doesn't leave after spring. And Rob, we've talked about it. If, if Calbert Darnell Wright, one of those guys is going to win a tackle position for Wright, he's got to get in shape and Calbert's just got to be able to stay on the field. You know, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of question about Karon Calbert's talent. It's just his inability to be able to stay healthy. It's not his fault, but he, he's, he's just got to somehow stay healthy and Wright's got to get in shape if either one of them, are going to be a factor at you know, right? I mean, right needed to get in shape before they hired a coach that wants to run 90 plays a game. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, even even more on him now. So, you penciling Kane in at left tackle? I Is think, I, I mean, I think so. Rob's not, or Austin, you're not, but I mean, I, I think that there's a real shot that that's where he's at. Well, I think there's a real shot that he's there, but I also am not penciling anybody in. I just think that there, to me, there's a lot of dynamics there. You know, I think Cade could move around to several spots. So he could play, he could play all five, probably, right? Yeah, I mean, he did. He's basically he did, he did at Georgia, right? Yeah. I think there's a real chance by default he may end up at tackle just because I'm not sure they're going to, what, where they're going to be. I mean, yeah. I, I think when, when you talk about guys, Rob, that you, you look at in the spring, it's just, and we all talk about quarterbacks and rightfully so, it's as big of a spring for Dar- Darnell Wright for Tennessee, not just Darnell Wright, but for Tennessee as it is for anybody on this team. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, him and Wanya Morris come in with all this hype, and yeah, they both played a ton, but they both played a ton by default. I mean, it wasn't like there was a lot of competition there. And, and frankly, I mean, I'm, I haven't broken down every rep on film, but I thought the best play that Tennessee's gotten for the right tackle position the last couple of years was K-Ron two years ago. And then mysteriously, he doesn't – I mean, I know I, he, he was out with contract tra- tracing COVID issues a lot in the preseason, which put him behind. But I was really surprised he didn't play more last year. Yeah, I was as well. Uh, so we'll see if he can stay healthy and play. All right, uh, to a hoops question we go. Rob, having seen Josiah play in high school, did you think he would be used more as a point, point forward than he, than he has been so far at Tennessee? Also, do you think he makes a leap year two to three like so many of uh, Rick Barnes's players have since they've been here? Uh, yeah, I thought he would be more of a creator. But, I mean, he's, I mean, he's good at that. I mean, when I saw Josiah play in the summers, he played on a rinky-dink AAU team on the Under Armour circuit that didn't have any other D1 guys on it. Had a lot of the kids that he played with. It was really ritzy private school in Charleston. And they were competitive on the Under Armour circuit against some really good teams, all because Josiah ran it. I mean, he, he, he got people shots and he got people easy buckets. And I thought he would be, I thought he would do a lot more of that. I think here, I mean, he's probably not, he's probably not quite quick enough to be, you know, a penetrator facilitator that way. But, uh, I mean, he's still he has he has really good vision. I think he's too often too much of a pass first guy. If he's going to make a leap, he's really going to have to shoot it better, and he's just going to and it's going to be mindset. I mean, he's got to be more aggressive. And you saw a couple times against Alabama where he put it on the floor. Got I mean, he, he he got a dunk. He put it on the floor, pulled up for a short jumper. He doesn't do that enough to me. I mean, and it's not his nature to hunt his offense. And I'm not. He's never going to be a twenty point guy, but he's got to be a little bit more aggressive, which would also make him you know, give him more opportunities to create for other people, which he's good at if he would force the issue more often. Let's go to back to football here. Which out of the three Memphis trio will see the field more in 21? Also, is there a possibility they will be used more than they were in 2020? I, I don't think there's any doubt that there's a chance for them to play more in 21 than in 20. Um, you get McDonald, McDonald over Eason, Austin, in terms of playing time? Well, yeah, I mean – I don't think he'll be French. He's currently suspended from team activities. Um, so yeah, I would lean to Marion McDonald just because I think they're thinner. They're thinner at um, in the secondary. Where's French going to? Or where, not French? Where's Eason going to play? What, what do you? What do you he's, see? I think he'll start out at linebacker, and then we'll see. You know what happens. Boy, but that body's going to have a hard time staying at linebacker, isn't it? 
I mean, well, I mean, I haven't seen him lately, so I don't, you know. I mean, he wasn't the smallest cat last year. I mean, I can't imagine that he's gotten smaller. I mean, may, maybe he can play there. But to me, that, that's got defensive line, hand in the ground, written, written on him. Or at least that's the way I thought he was coming out of high school. So we'll see. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that this staff is trying to figure out where he plays. And, and, and Austin, I think there's a handful of guys on this roster that this staff is trying to figure out, like, okay, Tennessee signed them. They're here. They're not bad players, but where do they play? Like, yeah, what, okay. what do they do with them? Yeah, I think that's a great, a great point. I mean, like, you know, Jimmy Holiday. He back with. You know, I, I, he's going to play receiver, but, I mean, like, he's not played a ton of receiver. You know, same thing with Jimmy Calloway. He played mostly quarterback in high school. You look, you look at other positions, D Beckwith, where's he going to play? Where's Laneith Whitehead going to play? You know, I mean, you, you, you can start naming several of those, you know. So I think, you know, with linebacker, you know, you know I don't think Crouch is going to be here. You know, I wouldn't totally close the door on Henry To'o To'o, even though oh, I think – AP, don't do I, it to I think time I – think, I, I think the time passed several weeks ago. But, you know, I think there's a real – chance that he potentially could go through spring practice brant well that's an interesting hey, don't do it to him well here's what here's here's where i say on that you know he was rumored to become and i'm i'm not disagreeing with you austin because that, that rumor has been floating around a bit he's been rumored to have been back coming back multiple times in january multiple times in february you know so until he gets here physically in town nothing counts and then if he does get here it's a real interesting spot for josh heupel to be in with this team um, how does his teammates react to him if he were to come back? Um, that, you know, lots I of questions. At all what you're saying, you know, but we'll see. He's before he can even go into all that speculation. He's got to physically come from California back to East Tennessee, which he's been rumored to have d- been doing multiple times and d- and hasn't done it yet. So we'll see if that actually ends up happening or, or doesn't end up happening um, w- with him. But certainly something to keep an eye on over the weekend and the first of next week for sure, because again. That rumor has been quietly kind of floating around a little bit out there. And that family is not speaking to anybody. Um, and it's all about, again, showing up. And, and nothing counts until he gets here because, again, he, he's been rumored to have been here multiple times. All right, let's go on here. I may have already been asked, but any thoughts on possible transfers or possible or new prospects to commit? Secondly, does the spring game in April have prospects, recruits scheduled to visit? No, they can't. They Now – if it's open, they can come and sit in the stands just like they could last fall. And, you know, here's the thing about the spring game. I don't think it's going to cost anything. Whereas, like, kids last, like last fall, they had to buy their own ticket. And come or up. did they? <laughs> As you were saying, Austin. Oh, man. <laughs> well, how, where do I even go from there? Well, I mean, the the the, the – the, the thought is, I mean, they'll ask some guys to they'll ask some guys to be here. You know, we'll see if those guys, you know, we'll see if those guys end up coming or, or how that goes. But that if they come and and watch the game, they cannot visit with coaches. Um, they can't get tours of the locker room. They can't get down on the field and all those things. They come sit in the stands uh, as regular fans. Uh, your thoughts on on transfers? Um, I know we've talked a lot about commitments out there. I, I you know I've kind of mentioned this a couple of times. I wonder if they're going to wait and and maybe hold a number or two because of self-imposed stuff. That's just my theory, my curiosity, if you will. Uh, I don't know if that's a factor. It doesn't seem like Tennessee's name is very prominent 
in terms of possibilities to come to Tennessee out of the transfer portal, Austin? Well, no, we talked about Tommy Bush. I, I mean, I, you know, I know Farrell went on the board and <clears throat> kind of poked all the Vol fans a little bit. I, yeah. I mean, I think he's right in regard that, like, you know, he'd like to go back to Texas if he can get TCU to offer him. But I don't believe he's just going to go to North Texas over a Tennessee or some other Power Five. That that that's straight from the kid to our people at Georgia, um, who you know, he, you know, he told them Tennessee right now would be his best Power Five offer, and he wants to go to his best Power Five option. If TCU offers, I think that changes things. But other than that, I think Tennessee would love to add offensive linemen, you know, and they'd love to add a linebacker. But, again, depending on what happens with Henry, you know, you may not have to add necessarily a linebacker. And, and I like Hubbard's theory, too, about you've already got a handful that you could toss in the basket and say, hey, we're self-imposing, you know, these. I mean, get ahead of that thing. Go ahead and get – if you can get a gear out of the way, why not get a gear out of the way at this point? You know, it's my theory. That's just my guess. Nobody at Tennessee instead of just take, Instead of just taking people to take people. Yeah, instead of taking you know, a guy. Jeremy's first guy. year, I mean, he took a lot of those Brandon Davis and, you he know. Took a lot of guys who weren't here. <laughs> Cedric Tillman. I know Cedric made a nice catch against uh, A&M, but, like, on the whole, he took a bunch of guys that haven't done a whole lot. They're at the end. You know, the, yeah. the best of being the Garland kid. Right. Garland's played more than any of those other kids. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he took some guys, you know, I guess Mincy and some of those other guys in there that, you know, a good number of them aren't here. And they were yep. just kind of they were just kind of fillers. And I think you got to be careful not to do that. Hey, you can carry those forward, or if you have to self-impose, you can already self-impose those. And maybe that makes more sense than it does just taking a guy to, to fill a spot, if you will. All right, onward we go. It's safe to say Tennessee's fund donations are problematic given the deadline extension and personal calls. Of course, that doesn't bode well for season ticket sales. What are you hearing about how bad it is? I've not heard anything in particular. Um, extensions are common. Tennessee's done that multiple years. That's not outside of the craziness. Personal calls have happened in the past. I, I don't think this – I mean, I don't think Tennessee's setting a record for season ticket sales this year. Um you know, Rob, I think one of the concerns everybody has is just getting people back. You know, how comfortable did people get by not coming to games last year, uh, watching it on TV, hanging out at their house and, and not investing the all day time to, to get there? Throw in the fact that this team's coming off a of three and seven, uh, some NCAA issues, a brand new coaching staff and not a lot of expectations that those are not recipes for people lining up in droves to exceed your supply with their demand. Um, yeah, and, and I think, I mean, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, what's what's game day like for you? I mean, you are you somebody who, you know, is ha, has a parking pass and on top of G ten and have for years, and you know, Saturday is all about you having fifteen people at your tailgate and you know, getting there at noon for a you know seven o'clock kickoff and making that your day, or are you somebody who, you know, gets in the car at Nashville with your buddy and, and you know drives three hours pays 25 dollars to park somewhere in the fort and you know walks in and gets back in your car after the game i think those the latter demographic is more prone to say man why am i making that a 12-hour day when you know i had a great time sitting out with you know my outside fire pit putting the big screen tv up whereas the people who so much of the game day experience is about have you know getting there and having a, a low country boil or 
you know, biscuits or something and, and, you know, hanging out in lawn chairs all day long, watching SEC football on your big screen where you're, you know, your satellite. I, I just, I think those people are going to keep coming. I think the people, you know, the other set are, are, are going to take a hard look at things. Yeah. And, and if you're Tennessee, look, you, you extend that deadline, you're making it easy, as easy as you can for people to renew their season tickets. Uh, you make it as personal as, as you can to them. Um, you know, and, and don't just send the form letter with the big bold words, you know, deadline approaching or this, that. I mean, you, you got to have a personal touch right now with, with where you are because you've got to reach out and, and touch those people and, and try to get their attention that way other than just to say, hey, we're playing this fall. And, and we, you know, it's, you know, the greatest thing ever. So, so come see us because you, you're just selling something that's harder to sell than it, it you know, has been um, in, in previous years. So, and it's been tough the last few years, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm talking about years ago when it was just a given that, that people were going to buy their season tickets. And I think everybody around the country is having to have a personal touch and extend things and make it easier because I think everybody around the country is dealing with some woes in terms of season tickets. I don't think it's just Tennessee. Tennessee's issues are just magnified by a couple of things, like I mentioned, in particular three and seven uh, from a year ago. All right, to basketball we go. Wondering with the transfers already in the portal for basketball, how does the staff handle that with the season still going on and a team full at the moment? Uh, any of the recent portal announcements that are bigs, are they prospects for someone that Tennessee would recruit hard? It's an interesting dynamic, Rob. How do you deal if you're a coaching staff, not just Rick Barnes, but around the country? Do you deal with, you know, somebody going in the portal and, and, and they call, they're reaching out to you and, you, you know, you don't really, quote, have a spot right now, but you think you may have a spot? How do you handle that? Well, I mean, Tennessee's got spots. I mean, they've got, they've got three seniors that no matter what they decide to do aren't going to count because of COVID. I mean, no way. I mean, nobody thinks Keon and Jaden is coming back inside the program. And, I mean, I'll, I'll be stunned if there's not, you know, some more movement. You know, I'm not saying massive movement, but, you know, some, some, some people move on virtually every year. So you're saying Tennessee's recruiting hard in the portal right now? Yes. And, and I'm not saying they're recruiting specific guys hard. I, I think they're just trying to, at this point in time, say, hey, we're interested. We want to, you know, just file, file this away. We want to have, once our season's over, we want to have serious conversations, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I, I, I posted this in the board. I mean, I, I literally expect Tennessee to be involved with all kinds of people or try to be involved with all kinds of people. I mean, I wouldn't say – I would be surprised if 20, 30 transfers get calls from Tennessee. Not offers, calls, you know, to start the investigation process. Is there a big man that's got your attention? I mean, I don't, I don't have any – I don't have a single specific name to throw out there right now. Okay, I'm Wrong. just saying for you personally, anybody that you've seen go in that you go, oh, I saw that guy playing an AAU tournament. That's interesting. Not that, not that Tennessee has reached out there, but is there any name that you've yeah. seen in years past that would jump out to you? Not right now. Okay. Um, Rob, do not investigation, okay? <laughs> let's go. Let's process. Go, process. Let's go to the last question of the mailbag here. Any update on Crouch, Austin? Is he back with the team or just moving on? We think he's gone, right? Feels like to me gone. like it is. Yeah. I, I don't think he ever truly loved it here. Where unlike, you know, I think Henry really liked Knoxville. Yeah. I th here's the other thing, too. I want to mention this. I, somebody had asked me maybe in the chat or somewhere about Sean Schamberger. I don't think – while he was around some early in the semester, I don't think Sean Schamberger is going to be a part of this team either. Um, I don't I don't he, think he Sean's going to – He was here for the team meeting. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be here for spring practice. I don't think he's a part of things 
um, moving forward with Josh Heupel. And, and again, I don't think Crouch is going to be there either. Tennessee is going to, I think, release a more updated roster next week when they go to the practice field. Hopefully, again, that'll be on Tuesday. It couldn't be less updated than the one that's on UTSports.com right now. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're working on getting that one trying to getting that one updated, and we'll see where that's at uh, next week as Tennessee hopefully gets spring practice up and running again. They will test the rest of this week and into the weekend with the hopes of getting things started back or getting things started on time on Tuesday afternoon. Tennessee basketball coming up tomorrow. Um, got full coverage of that. Got plenty of preview of that. We'll have the war room on Friday as well. Uh, plenty of things coming up at VolQuest.com. That's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com mailbag podcast. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.